Good evening. I'm Tim Bardick, and I'm here in my role as a member of the Sunday Services Committee at People's Church. So I'd like to welcome everyone here to People's Church, and a special welcome to our friends and our fellow Unitarian Universalists from the UU Community Church of Southwest Michigan. It's a wonderful tradition that we've had for a number of years now that each year we share the Christmas Eve service with our fellow UUs in the region alternating the service location between our two churches. Also, a special welcome to anyone visiting us tonight. As Unitarian Universalist churches, both People's Church and the UU Community Church are liberal religious communities. The fact that our UU movement is a liberal religious movement has many meanings. But one thing it means is that we want to live better lives of courage, compassion, justice, and peace in this world, in the here and now. And our liberal religion believes that we are helped to live better lives by hearing many diverse stories, including the traditional Christmas story, as well as new Christmas stories of what Christmas might mean for our attempts to live better lives in a better world. As Charles Dickens said in A Christmas Carol, Christmas is a good time, a time when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of all other people as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. A few brief words on logistics. Uh, one, the nursery is open, so if there's any need for someone to find a different place than in here, you can find the nursery over in that corner of the building. You can just go around the corner there. And in addition, uh, as you note in the order of service, there is a candle lighting part of the service at the end. And People's Church has had many interesting conversations over the years with the Ostomo Fire Marshal's office about this candle lighting. And as a result, we need to be pretty insistent that persons under age 12 have the special privilege of using the battery-powered candles. So we'd certainly appreciate your cooperation with that uh, regulation when we get to the candle lighting part of the service. And now I'd like to ask Fiona Murray to come up and light our chalice. Chalice lighting this. When the song of angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, 
When the shepherds are back with their flock, then the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the brothers, to make music in the heart. And now for our first hymn, if you're able and willing, I invite you to stand and join in singing, you know, Come All You Faithful. We're going to be doing the words not from the hymnal, but words projected on the screen here, so you don't need to look at your hymnal for this. And we're doing three verses. The creator of night and of birth was the maker of the stars. Shall we look up now at stars and winter and call them always sweeter friends because of this story of a mother and a child never is told with the stars left out? Is it a holy night now when a child issues out of the dark and the unknown into the starlight? down a winter evening sky when a woman hovers between two great doorways, between entry and exit, between pain to be laughed at, joy to be wept over, 
Do the silver-white lines then come from holy stars? Shall the newcomer, the newborn, be given soft flannels, swaddling clothes called holy? Shall all wanderers over the earth, all homeless ones, all against whom doors are shut and words spoken, shall these find the earth less strange tonight? Shall they hear news, a whisper on the night wind? A child is born. The meek shall inherit the earth. And they crucified him. They spat upon him, and he rose from the dead. Shall a quiet dome of stars high over make signs and a friendly language among all nations? Shall they yet gather with no clenched fists at all and look into each other's faces and see eye to eye? and find ever new testaments of man as a sojourner and a toiler and a brother of fresh understandings. Shall there there be now always believers and more believers of sunset and moonrise, of moonset and dawn, of wheeling numbers of stars and wheels within wheels? Shall plain habitations off the well-known roads count now for a little more than they used to? Shall plain ways and people held close to earth be reckoned among things to be written about? Shall tumult, grandeur, fanfare, panoply, prepared loud noises stand equal to a quiet heart, thoughts, vast dreams of men conquering the earth by conquering themselves? Is there a time for ancient genius of man to be set for comparison with the latest generations? Is there a time now for stripping to simple, childish questions? On a holy night, we may say, the creator of night and of birth was the maker of the stars.
In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her first son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Unfortunately, Rainbow Oblivion, our rock band, has the flu, or enough of them do, that they're not here tonight. So we are going to sing Angels We Have Heard on High. It's number 231 in your hymnal if you'd like the sheet music, and the lyrics will be projected.
Our responsive reading this morning is number 616, or it's not this morning, this evening. I'm used to doing the Sunday services. Uh, Number 616, it's in your hymnal. I'll read the regular words, and you can read the words in italics. There's also up there, you could read the words in yellow, and I'll read the words in white. For so the children come, and so they have been coming. No angels herald their beginnings. No prophets predict their future courses. Yet each night a child is born is a holy night. They ask, where and how will this new life end? Or will it ever end? those days, on July 28, 1914, a decree went out out from the empire of Austro-Hungary that all the world would be engulfed in war. This was the first world war and happened while George V was ruler of the United Kingdom and Kaiser Wilhelm II was ruler of Germany. Young men all went far from their own towns to fight. Their leaders promised them that the war would be over by Christmas. On the Western Front, they dug trenches across Belgium and France. The enemy lines were a few hundred yards apart in most places, and the space between them was called no man's land. On one side were the French, English, Belgians, and troops from colonized Africa and India. On the other side were the Germans. On both sides, they lived in mud and muck. They were always cold and wet and miserable. Many more died from the weather than from the war. There was little comfort and less joy. Christmas approached, and the war showed no signs of ending. I now invite you to rise in spirit or in body to join me in singing in the bleak midwinter.
that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with there was with the angel of multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord hath made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. region. On Christmas Eve 1914, 101 years ago tonight, German soldiers were homesick for the Christmas celebrations with their families. And many places across the hundreds of miles of trenches, they found pine trees wherever they could and decorated them with lit candles following the Christmas tree, or Tannenbaum, traditions they were used to at home. They placed their Christmas trees at the top of their trenches, and there were rows of these glowing, flickering trees across the German lines. On the other side, across no man's land, the soldiers were amazed and maybe terrified. What, where did these trees come from? Is it a vision, a trick? Can we believe our eyes that in the midst of the cold and muck and misery, our enemies are celebrating Christmas too? The Indian troops were especially amazed. The German Christmas trees reminded them of celebrations of Diwali, the Hindu festival of lights and gift giving that happens in the late fall. How is our holy day being celebrated here in such a foreign land by such a foreign people, they wondered. And suddenly, in places all across the front lines, there was singing. Strains of O Tenenbaum, 
Still I knocked. Oh, Christmas tree, silent night, and other Christmas songs drifted across the countryside. Most of the singing was in rough men's voices, but there were exceptions. Men later told stories of the opera singers in their midst who treated the gathered to exceptional performances. Songs and applause and demands for more songs were shouted across the trenches. Late on Christmas Eve and early Christmas morning, the soldiers could see the men they were fighting against holding large signs. Merry Christmas. You know fight, we know fight, were written on many. Shouts rang out, no shoot tonight, sing tonight. A truce had begun. And again, I invite you to sing tonight. So we are singing O Tannenbaum, O Christmas Tree, which is not in the hymnal, so I hope you don't start looking for it. And we're singing the first verse in German. I expect we will muddle through somehow. King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are, not, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to, to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. once more. We three kings of Orient are. Please rise as you are willing and able.
On Christmas morning, the truce held. In many places, the soldiers climbed out of their trenches, crossed no man's land, and shook hands with their enemies. They didn't share a language in most places, so they communicated in smiles, gestures, handshakes. A number of the Germans had worked in England before the war, and so they were able to interpret. Something strange was happening. Enemies were no longer enemies. Christmas had turned enemies to friends. Then the soldiers buried their deceased comrades whose bodies had been stranded in no man's land for days or weeks. At one place along the line, the British soldiers made wooden crosses to mark the burial places of all the dead, British and German alike. In some places, the burials were followed by a short prayer service with psalms and hymns in the languages of all who were there. They remembered their dead friends who had died on the muddy ground that the two sides had been fighting over. The people at home had sent gifts to the front lines, cigarettes, pipes, chocolate, jam, butterscotch candy, alcohol, bread. The soldiers shared these gifts from home with one another across barriers of country and language. In one memorable exchange, a group of Germans rolled barrels of beer across no man's land to share with the British troops. Soldiers wrote home with many other stories of connection. Soldiers traded hats and coats and buttons. A German soldier who was a juggler put on a show for everyone. A German barber who had been living in England before the war offered haircuts to English troops, including one who had been his regular client before the war. And in many places, something resembling soccer occurred. Sometimes it was played with a ball, sometimes it was a hat stuffed with straw or some other makeshift, mostly round object. They used coats and scarves to mark the goals. German soldier Kurt Zemisch describes the scene. Eventually, the British brought a soccer ball from their trenches, and pretty soon a lively game ensued. How marvelously wonderful, yet how strange it was. Thus Christmas, the celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as our friends for a time. My name is Francis Tolliver, I come from Liverpool. Two years ago, the war was waiting for me after school. To Belgium and to Flanders, Germany to here. I fought for king and country, I loved dear. was Christmas in the trenches. Their frost so bitter home. Frozen fields of France were still a Christmas song was sung. Families back in England were toasting us that day. The brave and glorious red so far away. I was lying with my messmate on the cold rocky ground. Across the lines of battle came a 
listen up, me boys, each soldier strained to hear. As one young German boy sang out so clear. He's singing bloody well, you know, a partner says to me. Soon one by one these German boys joined in in harmony. The cannons arrested silence, the last clouds rode no more. As Christmas brought us respite from war. God rest ye merry gentlemen, struck up some lads from Ghent. Oh, the next they sang was steely not to silent nights, says I. And in two tongues one song filled up that sky. And there's someone coming toward us, the front line sentry cried. All sights were fixed on one lone figure trudging from their side. His truce flag and Christmas star shone on that plane so bright. He bravely strode on into the night. Then one by one on either side walked into no man's land. Neither gun nor bayonets, we met there hand in hand. Shared some secret brandy, and we wished each other well. And in a fairlit soccer game, we gave hell. We traded chocolate cigarettes and photographs from home. His sons and fathers far away from families of their own. Young Sanders played the sweet box and they had a violin. This curious and unlikely band of men. stole upon us and France was France once more With sad farewells we each began to settle back to war But the question haunted every heart that lived that wondrous night Whose family have I fixed within my sight was Christmas in the trenches the frost so bitter home. The frozen fields of France were warm as songs of peace were sung. Over the walls between us to exact the work of war had been crumbled and were gone forevermore. So here we are in Trenched in ancient hatred, we 
Christians, Jews, and Muslims now must face the truth once more. There was ne'er a blessed peace won by After they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. As a German man shook a British man's hand on the evening of Christmas, he said, Today we had peace. Tomorrow you fight for your country. I fight for mine. Good luck. The truce would end and war would begin once more. In some places, the soldiers wanted the truce to continue, but the commanding officers threatened to shoot them if they didn't shoot the men on the other side of no man's land. In response, many of the soldiers aimed too high or too low to hit their new friends. A group of French soldiers created a sign to warn the Germans, be on guard tomorrow, 
It, it read, a general is coming to visit our position, and for reasons of shame and honor, we have to fire. In the weeks following Christmas, many of the troops who had been at the front lines were rotated to other places. Their replacements had no connection to the soldiers on the other side of no man's land, no reason to preserve a truce, and the war continued. The war continued for nearly four more years, and there were no more truces. The soldiers who had been at the truce in 1914 wondered, how could that have happened? What did we have then that we don't have now? Before the war ended, nine million soldiers and six million civilians had died. The weeping and wailing and lamentation of mothers and fathers, family and friends filled the air as they mourned those who were no more. And yet, and yet in the midst of all that death and destruction, there was a truce that had crossed lines of nation and language. There was a truce that had changed the lives of the people who had participated in it. There was a truce that opens hearts and gives hope to all who hear the story. And yet, in the ancient story we heard tonight, a child was born that changed the course of history. A child who, when he became a man, gave voice to radical love and justice that we still long for, that we still dream about. And we are left wondering, how could that truce have happened? What did they have then that we don't have now? Why not tonight? Surely tonight can be a holy night, a time for singing, a time for wondering, a time for worshiping, a time for peace. In the midst of the chaos in our lives and in our world, why can't there be an inbreaking of something new and something holy? Why not an outbreak of peace, of hope, of love, of justice? As we join with a billion people tonight, telling and retelling Christmas stories, ancient and modern, we are left wondering, why not peace? Why not now? Why not us? Why not peace? Why not now? Why not us? It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth To touch their harps of gold peace on the earth goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious king the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing Still through 
the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled and still their heavenly music float o'er all the weary world above its sad and lowly plains they bend on hovering The blessed angels sing Oh ye beneath life's crushing load Whose forms are bending low Who toll along the climbing way with painful steps and slow Look now for glad and golden dark Come swiftly on the wing Oh, rest beside the weary road And hear the angels sing Look now for glad and golden dars Come swiftly on the wing Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing Listen to the angels sing